carbonly conversation. Quick question. Is this the podcast? Are we doing the podcast right now? All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Carbonly Conversation. My name is Shane, and I've got my friend Chad here with me this morning. Howdy, everyone. Good morning. Hope everyone's having a good morning so far. Um, as always, we're a podcast where friends examine the intersection of community, lifestyles, and consumption in our life, our lives. And we've created this podcast to try to share our stories and motivate actions that'll help lessen our carbon footprints and create a space for listeners and community members to share their journey as well. We want to remind our listeners, first-time joiners, um, if you're a regular listener, we want to remind you that we've made it easy um, for you to listen to us on your favorite podcast app. Literally, all you need to do is scroll down to our show notes and click on Find and Join the Conversation. That way, you'll be able to explore past conversations, catch any future episodes that we release, which is typically every Wednesday. And you'll also be able to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, pretty much any social media platform to keep up to date with our different stories, episodes, any content that we're putting out um, to help you stay carbonly. So let's get let's get today's episode started and uh, see what's going on with the conversation today. And we're bringing we're bringing you another one of our carbonly clips, which is our short form shorter forum episodes. And uh, what, what's on the docket for today, Chad? Well, we were looking and reviewing potential topics and we put this right in the top of the list, like quickly. The, in the last week, the USDA approves the first lab-grown chicken in the United States. Um, so two different companies, uh, Good Meat and Upside Foods, uh, have been given permission by the FDA to grow their chicken and then sell it to consumers in the United States, which I think Stephen's immediate reaction yeah. in our text was, yuck, I will never eat that. And I think that was into a response of like, we should all get some and try it and then talk yeah. about it. And he's like, I'm not putting that in my body. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I think that that response was a popular response across, I would say, the black community um, because I found out about this off of Instagram. A lot of like, just a lot of a lot of people were posting how it was almost like it was a uh, conspiracy of like, oh, this is how they're trying to they're trying to get us now with oh. this, you know. I'll never sure. eat this. This it's probably con this is a way for them to poison poison us, you know, things like that. <laughs> so that's how I initially found out about it and then I started doing my own research and sent you guys that article through the Smithsonian. Um yeah, that definitely like not my initial reaction but also like hmm it it is a little crazy. I I'd try it. Like the pictures I would of it try it kind of mostly looks like oh my god that's definitely chicken meat that i'm familiar with but it but it looks a little bit more manufactured i think in their pictures so who knows the, yeah. um, 
I'm more curious about the texture and the taste because I presume it's close, but I just can't imagine in my head lab grown meat compared to, you know, a chicken, you know, that is ran around. Well, not all of them run around, but some are like grown in cages and stay in those cages for most of their lives, but they do move a little bit. Um, Lab grown meat never had the opportunity because it wasn't attached to bones or organs or a whole living animal, which is why we wanted to bring this to our carbon lay listeners is there's a giant carbon lay advantage to growing meat in a lab that's safe for consumption and tasty and appetizing because the amount of carbon dioxide, water, energy that goes into produce the meat meats that we we consume here specifically in america but around the globe Mm -hmm. is a large portion of our greenhouse gas emissions or our own carbon footprints like there's an old adage and i'll I'll find the link and connect it but like you can save more water by not eating four hamburger patties regular hamburger patties a month than you would by going from a regular shower head to a, a water saving shower head that saves like 40 to 60% of the water flow um, and using that in the entire month. That's how much water consumption or demand it takes to grow the crops, feed the cows, transport everything, you know, yep. slaughter the animal, market it, bring it to the store for you to cook it, for you to eat it and digest it. Like it's, I want to swear here, but it's like a boatload. Of, of of water and that same goes with the with chickens like i think in the article what was it shane yeah. talking about the percent quoted of greenhouse gas that just animal yeah, production 25 percent um of greenhouse gases are 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 through animal production so this is our this is our way of um cutting that down and also i think a lot of the reason for these lab created meats that are becoming popular is because you know the world's population is growing so much as well um so it's a way to it's a way to be able to still feed people you know in the future if we yeah you know yeah so. well definitely well and that was again the smithsonian is great because they have like every paragraph has a link to another article or some kind of yeah. published research in and to your point on that is like it's 25 okay food production is 25% of our greenhouse gas emissions but out of that 25% almost 60% of that is for f- food production for animal based foods um americans mm-hmm. like their meat just to put it bluntly um i mean i'm one of them i certainly do enjoy and i struggle with the thought and this could be a future carbonly episode of if I buy a package of chicken breasts, let's say from Whole Foods and how that was produced, transported and brought to Whole Foods for me to buy, let's say Union Square versus if I buy a package of chicken breasts from the local meat market, Autolinghi's there on Bleecker Street, um, or if I go to the farmer's market where they've purchased the chickens or slaughtered the chickens from a local farmer in the Hudson Valley, like what's the difference on how those chicken breasts all got to the same neighborhood. Right. Right. That I like, I'm, I'm, I've never done the math, haven't done the research, 
but I'm curious and I, and I would imagine in scale, it might actually be less greenhouse gas to go to Whole Foods and probably cheaper too, because they're having to do this at scale um, per yeah. chicken breast. So yeah. like we may want to buy local, eat local. And, and yes, there's a lot of those things that are shortened, but like there's just some economies of scale at play when you're shipping a gazillion exactly. pounds. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And one thing that I've um, that has been brought to my attention recently. So my girlfriend Lane is very picky about she doesn't eat red meat. Um, OK, that all started. It, I don't want to go down a, a rabbit hole, but that all started from back back in the day. The mad cow disease um, mm. stuff that was going on. I forget when that was like the early 2000s or something. Um, so her, her parents at that point, you know, stopped feeding them red meat. So she just doesn't eat red meat since then. Um, but whenever we're at a store, she's, I've been the type of person always that I just kind of, oh, it's chicken breast packaged. I'll buy it. But I never really looked into the ingredients and like, she, she's the one that showed me like some of them show, like some of them say like added chicken broth for flavoring and you know what I mean? And it's just like, well, that, that sounds weird. Like why would they have to add chicken broth? Yeah. You know? So I've kind of started leaning more towards the organic, you know, grass fed type of type of meats. They are more pricey, but um, you kind of know a little bit more of what you're putting into your body at least. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, I, I would say that touches or strikes a chord on, one of the reasons why we have this podcast and these continuous conversations is we're faced with these, these dilemmas, with these choices, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so if we only want to lower our carbon footprint, the number one thing we probably should do is not eat meat or rarely eat meat or, or cut a percent of meat from our diet. Yeah. Um, and there's data to back that up. Like just looked at a USDA chart that shows with Americans demand about 30% more meat based food than what is required for our diets which i believe i mean yeah which isn't crazy Uh, so like the the choice one is just like reduce if we really just care about that but if we care about where it came from supporting local businesses like we talk a lot about local farmers markets like well should i buy it from whole foods trader joe's should i be going to the the farmers market but then you know the cost but then to your point, like these added hormones, these added flavor profiles, like when you're buying from the farmer or one degree from the farmer, like just like everything else, you can kind of inspect it. You know who they are. They tell you what they're doing. You might even be able to go visit the farm. So, and if anyone that's had farm fresh, anything like you notice the difference in flavor and everything else, right? It's for sure. There's, there's definitely more, there's price that factors into that. There's convenience in your time. But like we can't just pick one. I mean, we can, but it life is complicated, and and we want to help unpack the facts that lead to yep. these decisions. And I think um, like pivoting a little bit off of that to the two companies, you and I were scrolling, exploring the websites before we started the conversation. Uh, and there was one quote because you were wondering like, well, are they growing the whole chicken or just the, the parts yeah. that we're going to eat? Cause um, you hear stories about like, um, 
I won't even name the food company because I don't know. Like, but you just hear stories about like these chickens that are like grown and they don't have eyeballs and they're like run. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm just like, what is what does this look like? Like, can they show us a picture? Is it just a, you know, you all the listeners you can visit their website and they have a better explanation of how it's done. We won't we won't try to explain it here because we we definitely don't fully know, but um. Yeah, I was just like, well, what are what are what are these chickens look like? Are they actual chickens that are being created? So, no, not actual chickens. I think yep. Upside has the 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 funniest way. It's like cultivated meat is meat grown directly from animal cells, rather than raising a whole animal. We grow only the meat we want to eat. So it rhymes. It's it's kind. Yeah, in in some ways, very very carbonly in the sense of like the amount of waste you yeah. know what would we do with the rest of the products if we're not using all of it and and on that like both of their websites do a really good job of explaining the process and i think the the big advantage to your your comment and track that it kind of started my rant is because this is lab grown like there is no hormones there's no antibiotics they're not feeding these animals because these animals don't technically exist in the same sense like we would just presume because it's right. being grown in vats and through chemistry and science all those extra additive edit, additives are not necessary it doesn't mean they might not add things at the end to flavor or color or do yeah. other things like that that we're not aware of but if i um pull my um beyond meat and the other like plant-based like burger looking things that that's part of their whole entire science is like how do they actually make it look like it bleeds or pulses you know and has that fleshy tone and taste and that's yeah. all plant derivative um chemistry so we'll we'll see what they're doing here with this lo- animal derivative chemistry yeah i will see so, um sign me up i'm ready to eat some lab grown chicken like yeah it it spurs me into this i'm a big sci-fi nerd you guys all know this um but star trek they have the food thing they're like you know penne pasta lukewarm like it will make you that i don't know if anyone would want that in space but i mean it may be comforting (laughs) um and and the science behind it is never truly explained i'm sure there's like deep reddit threads that we could find i may actually google and put that in our useful resources i'll find like um but like, isn't that kind of how it goes? It's like if you're just going to restack proteins and amino acids and DNA into a form and feed it to ourselves, like that—that's probably a good thing. Yeah, I mean, it—it it, from this article, it doesn't seem like it will be in stores soon. Um, It's—it says that both companies will start by selling the product to high-end restaurants, um, which is kind of interesting too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting and I definitely would, I definitely would try it. I definitely see the importance of it. I personally struggle with cutting out meat out of my, you know, at least, at least lowering my intake of, of meat. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely part of that American statistic that you read earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is something that I would be willing to to explore once it's regularly available and we know, we know a little bit more about it. 
I feel like this is the part of the our conversation where I advocate for those that are thinking about how do I cut more some meat out of my diet. And I think the answer specifically for me and would advocate for all of our listeners and friends are beans. Eat more beans. Beans deliver all the amino acids, um, essential amino acids that we need in our diet. They're high in fiber. They're high in protein. You may think one bean's just like the rest of the other beans, and they're truly not. Like I'm a big fan of Rancho Gordo and the background, the story. We could probably do a Carbon Lay episode on just him and maybe beg him really, really sweetly to join our conversation. He's a big hero of mine. But beans, beans, beans. And you can turn them into patties. You can make yeah. a pot of beans with any type of vegetable accoutrement that you want. You know, flavor profile. I mean, add them to salads, add them to soups. Like, they're they're so versatile. And they really pack the punch you're looking for. And if you cook them just well enough with the skins so they don't sit in your intestines and just, like, I don't know, fumigate, you might be a little less gassy. You know, that is the side effect. Like, and farts yeah. are funny, but not if you're only f- you're farting all the time because everyone's eating beans. So, um, yeah. beans, beans, beans. And they're... You grow them and you plant them and, and they're on the highlight of this. I'm going to stop ranting about beans. I feel like Chad should just go become the bean spokesperson. Yeah. Is they're, they're what they're what beans are what you call nitrogen fixing plants. And what that means is that when you grow beans in your garden, in your soil, across a, a field, all those crops pull the, the atmosphere through their leaves, primarily like, um, pulling carbon dioxide, but they pull other things. And through that chemical process of turning that to energy actually creates some nitrogen. And then the bean family um, fixes that nitrogen back into the soil. And nitrogen is like the primary ingredient of fertilizer, like phosphorus and potassium are the other two. Um, so they fix, fix in the sense of like relocate nitrogen into the soil and, and rejuvenate replenish um upgrade your soil health so you don't want to grow beans all the time in the same spot but if you've grown plants like watermelon squash um i think tomatoes also like pull a lot to grow um plant some beans in that area maybe every two to four years and that'll help refixate the 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 soil health the soil nutrients that's a a long-winded way of saying crop rotations really yeah. matter. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and this is primarily why. There you have it, folks. Beans it is, chat. Beans what, it is. We'll leave them with one more bean recommendation. What, uh, other than the typical black beans and pinto and all that, what's what's a bean you recommend for people oh out God. there to try? Some people call them butter beans. Some people call them like lima beans. They're they're in that family. Um, they're not the green lima beans that everyone's like probably going. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. yeah, but they're like white. They're just lima beans, butter beans. Like yep. cook those up until they're the skins are soft. Maybe add a little butter. Like they're so sweet and savory. Like it's ridiculous how good these beans are. Like I'm looking at my cupboard over there where there's a bag of them right now. I'm like, maybe I'll make some today because <laughs> they're yeah. that good. I'm go also a big some. fan of the Pintos because you can cook the hell out of those things. I don't care yep. what you do with them. So if you want to 
I'm a big fan of like cowboy beans or ranch rancho beans, like like cook a pot of beans and then start adding some flavor after cooked. Um, maybe a little barbecue sauce or honey, you know, but whatever that flavor profile, like I also like to saute my veggies, but I like to make it like spicy and tangy and make a big uh. pot of that and then cook some potatoes, whether it's fried, sliced, diced, hash browns and eating those beans and potatoes together, like fully complements your dinner. And that was some good bread or tortilla. Like, I mean, it's the best meal out there in my opinion. Yeah, I wish I wish Stephen was here. I'm sure he'd have a good bean pun to to end this yeah. uh, this conversation. Yeah, we'd probably but, just be laughing about farts because yeah. beans do make you fart. <laughs> they do. And, How about you, you know, Shane? Do, do you incorporate beans in your life? And yeah, I, I do. Um, I probably I probably eat black beans the most. Um, but I just do it typically with like. I don't get too experimental um, with, I do it. I like, I like beans and rice, you know? Yeah. Um, but I definitely want to, a goal is definitely to try and make just those dishes and not always feel like I need to add meat, you know, into it. I hear you. Yeah. You're, it takes a little while, but get creative. There's tons of recipes out there, especially on the Rancho Garden what, Gordo what website. But who knew we would start with this carbon clip breaking yeah, news, we, chicken lab grown meat to and then, beans. And with beans. <laughs> and with well, beans. Let us know if anyone out there, you know, let us know your opinion on this lab grown chicken that was recently approved. Yeah, by would the, you eat it? Would you try it? How much would you pay for it? Yep. And if you what, wouldn't if you eat it, didn't what, know it was already reasons? in your chicken McNuggets. Would you be upset or would you keep eating chicken McNuggets? That's a whole nother I've, episode, yeah. I have so many questions. Yeah. So And and is the way they produce chicken for chicken McNuggets, what that unpackaging, like deconstructing the chicken and reconstructing it, is that not just a little why not just grow individual little nuggets? It might be coming soon. Lab grown nuggets at McDonald's. <laughs> One day, and I'm you sure. think it'd be cheaper once I figure it out. Well, friends, good times, good conversations. Catch you on the flip yep. side. Till next time. <laughs>